but like just one of the reasons why you get sugar cravings is when your blood sugars are low, your brain is super smart and its SOS system goes off and you crave sugar. So a lot of people talk about willpower, like I just don't have any willpower, I can't not eat the cookies in the cabinet, but it's really not your fault. It's not about willpower. Welcome to Waste Away, the intermittent fasting podcast. If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, heal your thyroid and autoimmune issues, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, The Chantel Ray Way, and each week I have different guests answering your questions. If you haven't had a chance to pick up your copy of Waste Away, visit ChantelRayWay.com slash podcast and you'll automatically get 20% off the book, audiobook, recipe book, coaching, and Inner Circle Facebook group. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, Aaron here. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that you can find our full podcast episodes on our YouTube channel. Not only do you get to see Chantel and our guests, but you also get to see any charts, graphs, or pictures that we may mention. Search Chantel Ray Way on YouTube or click the link in the show notes. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to ChantelRayWay.com slash coaching. As always, enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode, and I'm so excited because today's guest is a globally recognized industry leader in weight loss, and who doesn't want to lose another extra pound? And she is the number one international best-selling author of Why Am I Still Fat? The Hidden Keys to Unlocking That Stubborn Weight Loss. Um, So for more than a decade, she's helped tens of thousands of women and men, not just women, achieve the body that they want. And it's such an honor. Cassie Bjork, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Chantel. I'm super excited to be here. I I saw you were at Paleo FX. I don't know why we didn't connect there. (laughs) You know what? I had a wedding this weekend, so I was supposed to be there, but I had a wedding I could not get out of. And um, so we have Michelle Norris, the CEO, on our podcast. And so tell me about Paleo FX. I was dying to be there. If I could have been there, I would have. Tell me about it. Yeah, what I love about Paleo FX is it's just such a cool, like holistic health conference where everybody that's there is just wanting to improve their health and their energy and vitality. And I speak there every year. And this year I got to speak on um, why, my, my talk was called Why One Nationally Recognized Dietitian Kissed Her License Goodbye and the Shady Side of the Food Industry and What You Need to Know About It. So I'm sure we'll dive into some of this stuff um, today in our conversation, but it's just something I'm super passionate about and um, just really, you know, opening opening people's eyes to some of the stuff that goes on that we don't see. And really, um, I'm sure we'll dive into like why my approach to health is very unconventional. And uh, my program is called Rule Breakers because we're breaking a lot of the dieting rules that we've been told for years. Um, so it's just really fun to get to share that message from the stage at Paleo FX and just see so many people that are uniting um, you know, with like the same mission and passion, their health in mind. That's awesome. And, you know, I know that you really talk about just like me, you've tried every diet out there. And even once you tried to count your calories and you gained weight, tell us about that and tell us about that story. Yeah. I mean, the crazy thing about this is I went into school to be a registered dietitian because I was just excited. Like I was passionate about nutrition and health and helping people. And I knew that like food was the answer to a a lot of things, you know, nutrition is really important. So when I went into school to be a dietitian, 
they were teaching all of the metabolism equations and calories in and calories out and exercise more and eat less, count calories. So that's what I did. I, I followed the low fat, low calorie diet. I started running marathons and I restricted my food intake. And for the first time in my life, I started gaining weight and not just like two or three or five pounds, but like 10, 15, 20 pounds. And before I knew it, I was like 25 pounds heavier than I am now. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who's had this happen before where you're following all the dieting rules and you're, you know, eating oatmeal for breakfast with skim milk and those hundred calorie snack pack crackers for a snack. And like, you know, lunch was like whole grain bread with lean meat and fat free cheese. Like what even is that? Um, but I was eating those types of things. And as I started to gain weight, I doubled down on the dieting rules. So I ate less and I worked out more and I still was gaining weight. Like literally the only thing I was losing was my self-worth and my confidence. And, um, especially being, you know, I was training to be the expert in all things, metabolism, and weight loss. This was like super, super confusing and frustrating and embarrassing for me. And anyone who's dieted and tried to lose weight probably knows how that feels. Mm. So I ask everyone this. Uh, I ask every person I meet. <laughs> it's funny because I had some really great interviews. I had to go to that wedding I was telling you about. And I found these girls who had, I'll, I'll sit, you'll see on our Facebook and our Instagram. I just posted these two girls if you, that had the most amazing body. They were both like 38 or 40 years old. And I saw their bodies and I was like, Oh my gosh. So immediately my husband was like, he saw from, he saw me like glaring over that them, you know, he's like, Oh, there she goes. And I was like, I'll be back. And he's like, of course I was literally gone for, he, he got mad at me cause I was gone for like an hour and a half. We became best friends with these girls that I never met. And of course I say, what do you, what do you eat? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Tell me everything that you eat. So I'll ask you, what, what did you eat yesterday? What did your eating look like in the morning, afternoon, everything? Well, it's very different than when I was following the low fat, low calorie diet. I mean, these days I eat more butter than I've ever eaten for breakfast. Every day I have a couple of eggs cooked in coconut oil and I use like a couple of huge spoonfuls of coconut oil in the pan. And then I put some spinach in there and I kind of just saute it all together. And then I usually do, today I did um, like half of a sweet potato sauteed in there with the eggs. Mm -hmm. Yesterday I did like half a banana on the side with some almond butter on it. I always think of things, I think of it like protein, fat, and carbs. So PFC, um, you want to have protein, fat, and carbs every time you eat. And this is, you know, this has taken a lot of like unbrainwashing for me because back in the day, a lot of, you know, we were taught in the 1970s that you're supposed to eat less fat, that like low fat is... Is, is like the holy grail and we're supposed to like restrict calories and fat. But the problem is, and what I found, the crazy thing is like, as I was gaining this weight, I started to really look into the research. I was like, holy cow, my whole dietitian education isn't even based on actual science. And I found that there's a lot of really scary um, intertwinings with like the big food industry and the pharmaceutical industry and food sponsorships and food manufacturers and my dietitian education. And that's mm -hmm. where it became very like interesting and eye-opening for me. So I started to look into the research and I realized that like, wow, you know, your metabolism, there's actually a lot more to it than just food and exercise. There's, mm -hmm. you have to take into consideration things like hormones, thyroid, stress, sleep supplements, like yes, food mm -hmm. matters. And I'm glad we're talking about food because it's really important and exercise matters too. But all of these different pieces of the puzzle, which would end up um, becoming chapters in my number one international bestselling book called Why Am I Still Fat? Because we have to look at all of these pieces of the puzzle. So for me, Food is important and I eat 
pretty well. I mean, I eat more fat and more calories than I've ever eaten in my whole life, but it's not just about food. These days I focus so much more on like self-care and keeping my stress levels down and doing the right types of exercise, but not too much and making sure to rest. And we have to like look at all of the pieces of the puzzle. So, okay, so let's go back to what you ate. So in the morning you had those those two eggs with co- coconut oil. You had a little bit of sweet potato. And then what about for lunch? So for lunch, I always have a huge salad with like a really big piece of salmon or some other type of fish, but I usually have salmon. Um, and for protein, I always try to think, you wanna have like the thickness and the circumference of the palm of your hand for protein, because protein is actually what boosts your metabolism the most. It can boost your metabolism up to 35% for the following two to three hours after you eat it. So a lot of us don't always think of like protein at lunch. And a lot of the times when people have salads for lunch, they get hungrier an hour or two later and it's because they're not having enough protein on it. So if you don't like, you know, salmon, you can always add like hard boiled eggs, a couple of hard boiled eggs. But um, I usually do like a huge piece of salmon. That's my protein. My carbs is like all the salad veggies. And then for fat, I slice up half of an avocado and I also use olive oil for dressing. So that's like a pretty easy, basic lunch. Another. Sometimes I do this for lunch, but yesterday I did this for a snack in the afternoon. So I buy like those cans of tuna, canned salmon and canned chicken. And I kind of like alternate them. Yesterday, since I had salmon for lunch, I had the canned tuna as my afternoon snack. I literally just buy the one that's packed in olive oil. So it's like protein and fat already in the can. Open it up and I literally just like take a spoon and just eat it. And then I'll have like a handful of grapes on the side for carbohydrates. I'm getting in like protein from the tuna, fat from the olive oil and carbs from the grapes. I always try to think like that, like the whole PFC. Um, And then um, then for for dinner last night, I actually had fish again because my neighbor cooked dinner and I went over there and she was making these, uh, I think they were just like tilapia fish fillets, but that was my protein. And she cooked them in coconut oil. I watched her cook it in coconut oil. And then she served, she served sweet potatoes and she had like broccoli and asparagus on the side. So I just had like a bunch of different carbs. So it was like protein, fat, and carbs every time you eat. And the reason it's important is that actually helps keep your energy levels up, your blood sugar levels stable, helps keep your metabolism boosted, helps you lose weight if you want to lose weight, because having the protein, the fat, and the carbohydrate, they all work together to keep everything nice and stable. If you skip any of them, you're just not going to be as balanced and you'll probably feel the effects too. So I know you spoke at the Paleo FX conference. Are you like a big advocate? Like, is that the majority of your diet? Would you say you you eat eighty percent paleo? Would you say you eat ninety percent paleo? What what's that ratio for you of how much of your diet would be basically lean meats for, or just meat, fruits, and vegetables? Mm, I'm like a lot more liberal than uh, I think a lot of paleo people are. I'm pretty in line with the approach, but I think like back when I was like trying to lose weight, I was a lot more um, clean eating and like stricter about like following close to that paleo approach. But then when I reached my goal weight, I really started to, you know, just not be like so um, stressed about food. So I think for me, you know, I really do focus on fruit and vegetable carbohydrates for the most part. But I'm not going to say that I never have like a piece of bread or a cupcake or something like that. What's interesting is ever since eating a lot cleaner and following more of a paleo approach, I noticed that I, I pay attention to how my body responds. And if I have something like ice cream or a cupcake or even a muffin or something like that, I notice that like I feel different. I feel tired after and I get brain fog and mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I, I crave more sugar because Uh, sugar is addictive and the more we eat the more we crave we get into this vicious cycle 
Um, it's so easy to fall into that vicious cycle of sugar addiction. It's actually something that I struggled with for a long time was getting those super compelling cravings for sugar, um, which we can talk about in a little bit too. But like just one of the reasons why you get sugar cravings is when your blood sugars are low, your brain is super smart and it's SOS system goes off and you crave sugar. So a lot of people talk about willpower. Like I just don't have any willpower. I can't not eat the cookies in the cabinet but it's really not your fault. It's not about willpower. It's actually a biochemical response to not keeping your blood sugar stable. So for me, when I do eat you know, protein, fat, and carbs every time I eat, I don't crave sugar as much. And we see this with our weight loss coaching clients and our rule breakers program. Like a lot of them were craving sugar because they were following these like low fat diets and they just weren't eating enough or they were having salads at lunch, but they weren't having like enough protein on it or like maybe not enough fat on it. And if you're skimping on calories or especially protein or fat, you're going to crave sugar because your blood sugar levels will drop. And anytime they go down, your brain wants them to go up. And then you start riding this blood sugar roller coaster and you get cravings all the time. So the goal is to keep things super stable. And that's where you don't get the sugar craving. So for me, you know, I eat pretty clean. I don't know what the percentage of paleo would be probably, I don't know, maybe like 50 to maybe closer to like 75%. Um, I don't think about it too much. I basically just always think about like eating protein, fat and carbs and just doing the best that I can. And also when I like don't eat very well, I feel the effects. So then it encourages me to get back on the bandwagon type of thing. So let's say that 75% of the time you're eating a paleo diet. And then would you say like, what does that equate to for you? So would you say like when we're talking about having, let's say you were going to have cookies or, um, ice cream or pizza or whatever it is that you made that decision, hey, I'm going to go ahead and indulge on this. Would you say that equates to twice a week or two meals or once a day? How do you kind of process that in your head of where you go, hey, I'm kind of eating clean, clean here. Um, But would you say like every day I kind of have something or would you say, every week twice a week i have something how does that work in your mind yeah it's probably it's probably i don't know sometimes every day um sometimes it ends up being a couple times a week the way that i look at it i don't deprive myself of anything but i do create space between when i want something and when i have it so if i'm craving like dessert i'll wait for like 10 minutes and see if i'm still craving it if i am i'll have it because i'm sure we can all relate to like trying to avoid something and then you end up having like way more of maybe something else like Yeah, like if you ever have had like low fat ice cream, it's like terrible because ice cream is fat. So when they take out the fat, it's disgusting. So then you end up eating like the whole carton because you're not satisfied Mm -hmm. anyway, instead of just having like a regular serving of like actual full fat ice cream. So um, the way that we teach our clients too in our program is just like so many of us women are used to restricting and depriving it doesn't do us any good. And um, also when we go off the deep end and we end up like sort of binging on these foods that aren't good for us, then our body has to spend days trying to recover from healing like all the inflammation that happened as a result. So it's actually better to kind of like space things out. I mean, that's more of like what a balanced approach is anyway. So when I was saying that I'm not 100% paleo, um, I think what I was really thinking about was like paleo is dairy free and um, it's it, they grain avoid- free. Yeah, and like I'll still have some grains. Um, I don't think they're good for anyone really. So I, I don't really buy them, but if I'm out somewhere and there's you know bread at a restaurant i might have a piece or something but i actually try to stay away from it because i notice that when i eat sugar because all carbohydrates even bread turn into sugar in our bloodstream i crave more 
And like, I don't really like doing that to my body. I was kind of thinking about the dairy part though, because I do put heavy cream in my coffee every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, My body feels really good having heavy cream and it's just an easy way to get fat first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, Not half and half, like, but like full heavy Heavy cream. cream. Um, And that's not paleo because a lot of people are sensitive to dairy. So if it's something that you're sensitive to, it's obviously not going to be good for you and it's going to cause inflammation in your body. So you kind of have to like know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I love when you said that, that statement, you said that you create space. Um, talk about that for just another second. Cause I really like that statement. So you're saying like, let's say I really want a cupcake. Maybe you'd say, okay, inst- right now, maybe I'll go have a cup of tea or I'll have a cup of coffee and then see, I'll wait 10 minutes and then go, do I still really want it? Like for me, coffee, coffee really helps me. Like after dinner, for whatever reason, or after lunch, I always want something sweet. So for me, if I have a cup of coffee, it kind of that 10 minutes where I'm like, oh, I really want something sweet. I really want something sweet. That cup of coffee actually allows me to create that space. And then after 10 minutes, I can go, you know what? I don't either. Yes, I still really want it or no, I won't. Is that what you're talking about? It's so funny. I'm smiling. I'm thinking about how I went like shopping the other day and I do the same thing with shopping. I'll be like, oh my gosh, I really want that. You know, I really want that purse. But then I go home, I don't buy it. And like, I think about it for a couple of days and like, I really don't care about the purse. I don't need another purse. But if I really wanted it, I could go back and buy it. But um, so I use this approach for more than just food. But yeah, how it relates to food is I'm thinking about a coaching client that I had a while back. Her name was Jackie. And she had this huge sweet tooth, like totally addicted to sugar. Um, She's a doctor. So she worked in a hospital setting. And she said every time she'd walk by the break room, there'd be donuts, cupcakes, cookies, and she'd just get like a craving, um, even just thinking about the break room. And she'd always just every time she walked by, she'd walk right in and that was her biggest weakness. And it was like her biggest challenge in our weight loss coaching program um, with her. So I use this technique and I said, let's just create some space. So you can totally still have the donut, the cupcake, whatever it is, you're going to eat it. You can eat it. Nothing wrong with that. But let's just like create a little bit of space between, you know, thinking of the break room and just like going in there and like demolishing that donut. So what we did is we had her start by just, you know, she started by just walking down the hall, turning around and coming back. That's all she would do. And then she'd go have the donut. And then, um, and then the next step was creating a little bit more space. So then I had, I had her, um, just, you know, go sit down for a minute, like timer on your phone for a minute, write down how you're feeling and then go have the donut. Like, again, you still have permission to have the donut. You can do it if you want. And then, you know, we had her set the timer for like five minutes and write down how she was feeling and go have the donut. And then we had her, you know, go do a different task, go see another patient and then come back. And eventually Mm -hmm. there was so much space. She was like, I actually never really even want the donut. Like a lot of times in like the journaling process that she was doing in journaling, sometimes I think can seem like such a like simple tool. Like, I don't know, like nobody wants to journal. It doesn't sound that fun, but it's amazing. The revelations that can come from just writing down how you're feeling. She noticed that like oftentimes she was stressed and that just by, you know, journaling about whatever that was or calling a friend or like just getting that out in a healthy way would make her not really have to have the donut. Um, other times she realized she was actually hungry. You know, when we crave sugar, a lot of times we're actually hungry. So if you can kind of like identify the root of it and it doesn't mean that you can't have it, but it was just, it's interesting how eventually she just didn't even want it. And I think giving ourselves permission, like this is why my coaching program is called rule breakers, because 
we are so, anytime we're given a rule, like I want to break it. Like when someone's like, don't touch this, I'm like touching it, you know? <laughs> and I think the same with food when we're like, I'm on a diet, I can't have it, I can't have it, then we eat all of it. Like that's oftentimes what happens. And we see that with our clients. They have like these binge days or like Saturday is binge day. So then they, they restrict all week and then they just like go crazy on Saturday. And that's just like the worst thing you can do to your body. I'd rather have them having dessert every freaking night if they want it instead of like harming your body that much in one day. So that's kind of like my approach in general is having more of a balance, like give yourself permission. It's okay. Like you're a human, you can have dessert and you can lose weight and feel your best. You can do both. Mm, I love that. And I love, you know, the idea of what you said about the journaling or calling a friend. What was that game show where you could like pick up the phone yeah, like you could phone a friend if you, whatever it was, but that's what you need to think about. It's like, call a friend right there, find someone who you can call and go, the, you know, Hey, what I want to do right now is go eat all those brownies, but I'm not going to, what I'm really feeling is I'm overwhelmed at work. I'm stressed. And the other piece that I want to add to what you said is just, are you hungry? Like, are you physically hungry? Or are you using it for something else? Hey guys, we absolutely love getting your questions into the podcast, but we're also interested in your journey. So if you've started intermittent fasting and have some success or even struggling a little bit, we want to hear about it. Email me your intermittent fasting stories to Chantel at ChantelRayWay.com. Now back to the show. All right, let's jump right in. This is from Monica in Virginia Beach. I've never had much of a sweet tooth, but it's been insane for the past couple of months. Literally every time I eat lunch or dinner, I immediately crave something sweet. And I'm not talking about one or two bites. And this is actually new for me as I've always been a savory person. Number one, what could be the explanation of this? And number two, how do I keep it under control? Monica in Virginia Beach. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting is if she's, if this is like when she's eating, so I'm, so, so there's two reasons why we have sugar cravings. Number one I've mentioned is when your blood sugar levels are low, we crave sugar. So that, that's number one. Number two is you can actually be low in the neurotransmitters, which are brain chemicals. It's a fancy word for brain chemicals. You can be low in those and those are needed in order to create, um, to, to, so, so, Glutamine, which is a which is the most abundant amino acid in your body, is required to create neurotransmitters, which are required to determine whether or not you get sugar cravings. So if you're low in glutamine, then you end up being low on these brain chemicals that actually bring your sugar cravings down. So for me, I'm someone who's like super sugar sensitive. So I have to take the supplement every single day in order to actually make sure I don't have sugar sugar cravings. So if you're, so those are like the two reasons, like you're either low in the brain chemicals or your blood sugar levels are low. So I think it's interesting that she's having cravings when she's eating. So it makes me think it could be one, it could be both. It could be that she's just low in, you know, in her your blood sugars, her blood sugar levels are low. And once she eats, you know, if it goes away, then I would know that like that was probably the problem. But if you're someone who's just craving sugar all the time and like one or two bites, like doesn't, doesn't satisfy it, then it could definitely be that you're low in these neurotransmitters. So then what I recommend doing is taking some L-glutamine. It's an amazing supplement. It's the most you know natural supplement you could possibly take because it's already the most abundant amino acid in your body. It's just that a lot of people are low in it. Um, mm. And so it's just, and it's super easy to take. You can take it in a powder. Um, I formulated a product called Pure Glutacaps, which is like super potent. Um, it's for people with intense sugar cravings like me. 
And you can just take capsules or put it on your tongue and it actually helps to prevent sugar cravings and bust them in the moment. So those are kind of like the two different reasons. And a lot of people don't realize this. A lot of people just realize, or they just believe that it's all about willpower. And I think the most empowering thing about realizing that sugar cravings are not about willpower, they're actually a biochemical response. Um, it can make us more empowered because there's something we can actually do about it. We either, either need to eat you know, protein, fat, and carbs and stabilize our blood sugars and or just take more glutamine, um, the most abundant amino acid in your body and just help your body to make more of these neurotransmitters so that you don't get the sugar cravings. Now, the interesting piece of this is we can actually physically take away the sugar craving. So pure glutacaps will take away your sugar craving. It's crazy. It's almost like almost too good to be true. Like it's like a miracle um, is what a lot of our clients say because they've never experienced this before. And you can still crave sugar because sometimes the craving is actually not physical. It's like when you find yourself standing in front of like the snack cabinet and you're like, I'm not even hungry, <laughs> but I'm trying to find something to eat. It's that, it's that like habitual, emotional, like there's all these other reasons why we eat. We don't just eat because we're hungry. So it's interesting to start by taking away the physical sugar craving and then noticing what's coming up. And oftentimes mm. that's the really uncomfortable part where we're like, mm. oh, like I'm just really sad or I'm like just really stressed out or why am I even, you know, like really digging down to like, why am I even craving sugar right now because I'm not physically craving it and I still find myself standing here. And that can be where like a lot of really interesting answers come from and emotions can come up. And I think that's where some of the really powerful transformation happens is in those moments. So those pure glutacaps, talk about that. Do you have that somewhere on your website that people can go to? Yeah. So um, I actually have a supplement company called Real Food Vitamins. Mm -hmm. um, and the URL for that is rfvitamins.com. And okay. those are on there. That's probably like our best selling supplement because, you know, some, some supplements you take, like they, like they all work if they're high quality, but like you might take a multivitamin and I would say probably half of our clients feel better because I put a lot of B vitamins in our multivitamins. So it gives them energy and people that have really good energy levels already might not notice a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So like they might take it and be like, yeah, I don't know if I really feel different, but I'm still going to take it. Cause I know it's like filling in the nutrient gaps and like you know, helping below the surface. But the thing with glutacaps is if you're someone who gets sugar cravings, you will notice a difference. Like oh. you, will, you will send me an email, like after taking just a couple of these because your sugar cravings will go away. So that's why it's like one of my favorite supplements to talk about also because I struggle with sugar cravings. And if I don't take those every single day, I will get sugar cravings and have to battle that sugar dragon. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just a simple thing. That, like I love these like simple hacks or like just simple boosts that you can add to your everyday life to just make things easier for you. Wow. Now, so that site, I, I love that it's called Real Food Vitamins because I talk about all the time about how mad I get when I see the supplements and all the magnesium stearate and all the chemicals that are in most of these supplements. Um, do your supplements have like magnesium stearate and, and all of that in yours at all? So there's no fillers. There's no additives. The crazy thing about supplements, and this just gets me so fired up too, is the whole reason I even developed a supplement company is I never realized like how shady the supplement industry was. Yes. Even a dietitian, like nobody told me. And, um, you know, you guys might be familiar with 
like in 2015, the New York State Attorney General's office released this report that four out of five supplements on store shelves didn't even have in them what they say they had in what they say on the label, like literally like GNC, Target, Walgreens, Walmart, these major retailers, they have these bottles of supplements and on the label, it says something and four out of five of these supplements when they tested them didn't even have anything they said on the label. And so like, what did they have? They had like gluten, they had fillers, they had additives. They actually had a lot of stuff in there that can be inflammatory, which means I had clients coming to me trying to lose weight and they were taking these crappy supplements, you know, from places that they thought were reputable and even places like, you know, health food stores and places that aren't, these places aren't regulated um, by the FDA. So they were taking these supplements to like help them lose weight and it's actually causing weight gain because when you're putting inflammatory you know, things like um, these additives and fillers and stuff in your body, you're going to gain weight. So it's just crazy. Like nobody would think to blame supplements on that. So that just got me really passionate when I saw like supplements aren't regulated. So what you want to look for is pharmaceutical grade supplements that are third party tested. And that means they're actually being tested by a third party outside of their organization to see if what they have in the label is on there. Those supplements are only offered through licensed healthcare practitioners because they actually work and you're supposed to like, you know, that's, that's why. And then also um, they're usually more expensive because it's like, I mean, we pay for this every single, like this is expensive to have a third party come in and actually test all your supplements Mm -hmm. to make sure the stuff in there is in there. Um, So yeah, I'm super passionate about this because it just drives me nuts. I always tell people it's better to take no supplements at all than to take ones that could be harming you. So just always keep in mind, like keeping it really simple and making sure if you're using supplements, getting them from a trusted source. Wow. Um, All right. This next question is from Heather in Starbucks. Sorry, Heather in Suffolk. (laughs) Her, Her question says, I work at Starbucks and have noticed a huge shift in milk choices. For years, the people who wanted to eat or drink healthy were ordering soy milk in their coffee, and now all they want is almond milk. Nowadays, I'm shocked when someone orders soy. What caused the shift in milks? Is this just another trend, and did we find out soy milk is bad for us? Yeah, it's a good question. It's 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 definitely not a trend. Almond milk is definitely healthier. Um, so the reason why, like, we believe that soy is healthy is because of how it was marketed to us. So the media has called soy heart healthy and like a good source of protein for years. Um, but the media is also telling us that like eggs are bad for us and whole grains are good for our hearts and things like that. So, um, I do not recommend soy. Uh, soy can actually like they recommend soy cause it lowers cholesterol, which is a whole nother conversation we could get into. Cholesterol is actually like a really important nutrient. Um, without it, you would die. So I don't, I'm not a huge advocate of like, lowering cholesterol and low cholesterol diets and all of that. But um, soy can actually mimic estrogen in the body because soy isoflavones, which is part of soy, these are a class of phytoestrogens in the body. So um, altering estrogen levels is not beneficial for men or women. Um, For men, this can actually decrease sperm production, uh, lower libido, cause weight gain, and higher levels of estrogen can really put women at risk for, you know, higher, for, for a greater chance of breast cancer and Uh, lowering fertility. It also messes with your thyroid. Um, So it messes with your hormones, your thyroid, and a lot of soy products like endure like a lot of processing and stuff. So Mm. soy, long story short, soy is just not good for us. And I always look at all these missing pieces of the puzzle, kind of like we were talking about. I I outline all of these in my book. So I'm looking at like hormones and thyroid, and you have to have like all these pieces of your 
your personal, you know, body and health puzzle in place. And soy is one of those that can like really wreak havoc on like a lot of them. So it's just better, better to keep it out. Um, almond milk is great because almond is a, you know, almonds are a healthy fat. So it can actually be good for your metabolism and um, coconut milk. I like even better than almond milk because it has more healthy fat in it. Um, so it helps me think more clearly. It's good for cognitive function and your waistline and your metabolism and keeping your blood sugar level, sugar levels stable. So you just feel consistently energized throughout the day, helps with weight loss. Um, so those are definitely better options than the soy. Awesome. Well, um, you know, we are going to give away a copy of your amazing book that is an international bestseller, by the way. It's called Why Am I Still Fat? And I love that title. Um, so if you go to our Facebook page, go to ChantelRayWay.com, uh, hit our Facebook page or Instagram, we're going to give one lucky person a copy of your book, um, which I am so excited about giving away. But if people want to find out about you, and I'm so excited about your supplement line, so that's amazing. But if someone wants to find out about your coaching or anything that you have to offer, where do they find you at? Yeah, thanks, Chantel. Cassie.net. That's where the party starts. Um, <laughs> Cassie.net is kind of where everything is. I have my vitamin company linked over there too, but the vitamin company is rfvitamins.com. Um, I hang out a lot on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Cassie.net. You just have to actually spell it out. So it's C-A-S-S-I-E-D-O-T-N-E-T. So there's no actual. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to give away a copy of my book. I think, so just to clarify too, the title, why I chose the title, Why Am I Still Fat? That's like literally the most, frustrating, emotionally charged. <laughs> we get that question from our new clients all the time because they're yes. like, I've tried everything to lose weight. It's mm. not working. I feel more like a failure. You know, the only thing I've lost is like self-worth and confidence, like nothing's working. And um, so they're asking that question. And then, you know, the hidden keys um, of unlocking that stubborn weight loss is the subtitle because we're really looking at all these keys, these missing pieces of the puzzle that are overlooked by most dietitians and healthcare practitioners. We've got to look at the big picture in order for your body to work how it should. So these are like in the book, I go through 14 of the hidden, never talked about keys for metabolism and weight loss, which, you know, we've touched on a few of them already. So if people want to go deeper, um, definitely grab that book or win your copy. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. You are amazing. And I feel like I've fallen in love with you already. Yeah, thanks, um, Thanks so much. And if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantalRayway.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at ChantelRayway.com. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to ChantelRayway.com slash coaching. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.